And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Wow, Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand what things the Lord does require of us and learn to apply God's timeless truths into our lives. First, some of you are going, haven't I heard this whole intro before? Yes, last week, but we switched the whole show around after I did this. So they have to hear it again so I can set the show up. That's kind of how it goes. First, Stephen opens up his sharing with the miraculous. God appeared. Few things get people's attention like the manifestations of God. I mean, that's so true, right? It's how the nation of Israel was birthed. It's how the church was birthed. And to some degree, that's how you got saved. It starts with some form of an appearance from God. It doesn't have to be told with brilliance and special effects. It just needs to be said. God will handle what the impact is. And next, how come when God appears and manifests himself, there is often, and this is so true, a command to the people to separate themselves from those around them? This was true for Abraham, but it's also true for the disciples. The main reason is that when God chooses people, he separates them unto himself. And this is what holiness really means. The grasping that being his property, his actual property, means no one else comes before him. He owns you. And finally, God gave Abe no inheritance here. Just think about this promise and this premise. God gave Abraham no lasting territory here on earth. For Abe, it wasn't for him, but for his descendants. But Abraham himself didn't get that much. That's because Abraham had a better inheritance, one more suited to who he was. God himself was Abraham's inheritance. God's land, God's city, and God's country— are where and what Abraham wanted. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David, not Frank, not Joe, not Peter. David at he must increase.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. Don't call that number. I can't answer. It's on zero on the volume on my phone. I can only get a text. 214-210-8483. Or you can call 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you know, it's kind of like getting a ticket to Mars on the first shuttle that's going out there. Oh, in about 100 years. Just call 972-445-0770 because then you'll be talking to Captain Chris. Get that connection? And then you will be... Sailing takes me away to where I'm away. 
which in that setup would be Mars. See, that's that's where they would be going. <laughs> See, that all worked together. Here's the bottom line. You might have a thought. You might have a comment, a question, an opinion. You might have a prayer request. In fact, we have somebody text us. We're going to pray in just a second, and we'll pray for them. Which, uh, somebody, the caller, they don't have to identify their name to be prayed for. The Lord knows. He's not going, well, whose name is that? I don't know. Uh, so we're going to do that in a second, but it could be a praise report. It could be a prayer request, like we're saying. It could be anything along those lines you want to communicate. It can even be something as funny as Bible trivia. Here's your first Bible trivia question. What was God's first command to Adam and Eve? What was his first command? Let's say it in the positive. What was his first positive command? I'll say it that way just to help everybody out, okay? And for everybody who's considering that, you want to reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So God puts them in the garden, and by, by, by number, what do we think the first command was in a positive concept? What is it that God wanted them to do? Here's the thing. Think of it this way. God is not a prude. We'll just leave it that way and have you be people figure out from there. That's right. Did he just say that? I certainly did. That's right. <laughs> I think that one helped people because now the answers are coming in light, right and left. Uh, let's do a quick prayer for one of our listeners. They're really struggling physically. So I just want to lift, their, lift uh, this person up to you. Let's pray together. Just collectively share our faith. Father, we come before you. We lift up this uh, daughter of yours. And then we lift her up before you, and we ask you to bring your healing power into her mind, into her heart, into her body, into her blood, into every part of her, that she can be free from the things that keep oppressing her. We ask you in the name of Jesus to reach from heaven and touch her so that she can have a vibrancy and a recovery that is testified to about the grace and the glory of God manifest in her life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Got it. You got that? All right. <laughs> all right. I just didn't want to reveal who that was. Is that okay? That's all right. Uh, back to the trivia question, okay? Here's the trivia question. See if everybody gets this. Uh, what was the first command uh, to Adam and Eve? And then just think of it in this way. Uh, had to get the thing rolling. <laughs> Is that a good way to say that? That's a good way to say that. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483 to text. And then David at he must increase dot org. Uh, somebody's on the phone. I'm just I'm running behind everywhere and everything. Okay. <laughs> Somebody on the this. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is David running behind. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Tom. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing very well today. Thank you. Awesome. It's a very nice day out today, actually. It's beautiful. It is. Isn't it? It's so it's so nice. And it's what's amazing is because I've only been in Texas for about four and a half years, those those particular these particular days, they remind me of everything that's good about California without everything that's bad about California at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't hold that against you, David. I appreciate that. <laughs> 
I did not bring California values over. Do not worry. Do Thank not worry. You. Thank you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Asking this in a positive context, what was the first commandment that God gave Adam and Eve? I believe that is to be fruitful and multiply. You are correct, sir. That is it. It's amazing because people are like, you never say anything about people being intimate together. It's like, that's the first commandment. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe you should go back uh, to the Genesis lines, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. There you go. God, God bless you, David. Thank, thank you for your ministry. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's classic. Okay, let me. I'm gonna have to do this. I have to. We have to. Uh, we have to play our. Uh, what is our thing? Our uh, our special little whatever intro thingy. <laughs> that thing. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! I think he's saying wow. That's what I'm getting out of that. No, I. I just like Steve Byron. There's no point in even trying to figure it out. Just forget it. doesn't matter. Uh, we are in Acts chapter 7, verse 1. I cannot uh, fail to communicate this to you. Then the high priest. So remember, Stephen, we, it's been a little bit, but so, you know, they, they made these false accusations against Stephen. And, you know, he said this, he said this. And remember, we talked about people distorting, not telling the truth about what he had said, but distorting, taking part of it and then, you know, kind of, meshing it together and then so so it was kind of like uh incorrect accusation so then this is what it says in acts chapter 7 verse 1 then the high priest asked stephen are these accusations true now initially you just want to go no <laughs> just look, i'm done no but listen to what he does this was this is the text this is stephen's reply brothers and honorable fathers listen to me our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he moved to Haran. It's, it's one of the most amazing things that we, I think, don't recognize is that God appears to us, manifests to us, knocks on the door of our heart through the gospel of Jesus Christ. In some people's case, they have something miraculous that happens. When I got saved, nothing my miraculous stuff didn't happen until six months after I got saved, but I was still saved. In other words, God appears to people in all these ways, and if you want to get people's attention, he's giving this testimony, this sharing story, and he takes it back to Abraham strategically, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, is explaining, hey, this story I'm about to tell you, this started with Abraham. And because you claim he is your forefather, the forefather of, of circumcision, you need to listen to my story. God appeared to him. And I bet you at that moment, everybody's like, going, okay. Because <laughs> it's a game changer when God shows up, and it's a game changer when you tell people God showed up. Ooh, ooh. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see you. The David Spoon Experience. I am such a sinner. Not just a sinner. I am such a sinner. I'm like the biggest sinner ever. That's how I felt. And then it was the understanding that God really cared about me. And therein lies the key. 
because God did care. He does care. And that's the same for you. You're listening to me. He does care. And that pain you're going through, it makes him weep. And you might say, well, you can't back that up spiritually or scripturally. Yes, I can. John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept, not for Lazarus. Lazarus was getting up in five minutes, but all the grief and the pain around him. Come on. God has a heart. His heart's bigger than your heart. So here's part of the things that I, I mean, I'm skipping, I'm skipping light years. I'm just going past it. But it's like when that guy started crying and I started getting mad and then he said it was, this is how the Lord feels for you. And this is the, the Lord's heart for you. It just showed me I'm so hard hearted. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a, a rock, but not in a good way. You know, I'm like a, like a dumb rock. Like, oh man, what's the matter with me? And so, you know what he did when he was done doing that? Because now I'm gone, right? Because now, you, how do you think after after that happens, how do you think I feel? Okay. So now I'm like, please pray for me. <laughs> That's right. Because I'm just lost. And he prays for me. And it's powerful. It's like, you know, it's unbelievable. It's just really, very, really powerful. Here's the thing that leads up to it. Now, are we ready? Cause, and that is the, the powerful point, especially when he cried. But it turns out that I went to that church for a little while. You want to hear something absolutely, positively, mind-blowing, amazing? Three months later on a Sunday night, I was preaching in that church. And I was preaching Romans 1.16, the very first thing I ever taught in my life. In that church, in Pastor David Huntsworth Church, Abundant Life in Dillon, Colorado. And I'll tell you one thing that I hope you really hear. And that is that one experience so affected me, I was never the same person again. It just showed me that God really does care. We're pretty hard-hearted. Yeah, we're kind of, we're mashugi from time to time. Not God. He's totally awesome. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready to do our next trivia question. If everybody uh, is ready, this is a tougher one. So I'm going to end it with some easier ones, but this is a tougher one. So I want you to think about this. In which gospel does Jesus meet the Samaritan woman who had many husbands? Hmm. In which gospel? Now you got a one out of four chance here, okay? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, okay? In which gospel does Jesus meet the Samaritan woman who has had many husbands? Which gospel is that? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email to david at he must increase. Dot org. So if people just need to recognize, too, during the show that when you text me, I only do the best I can to catch the text, read it, and then move it into the show process. So sometimes I have to read bits and pieces. And I never went to uh, Evelyn Wood's speed reading uh, 
course there. And uh, so I'm not very good at <laughs> Right? I'm just telling you, I'm not very good at it. That's how it goes. Uh, in the meantime, I have a joke. Okay, well, that's good. It's always good to have a joke. Uh, you ready for this one? Okay. Now, you have to think about this. If anybody gets upset about this, take your ball and go home. Uh, ready? Okay, here we go. A man appeared before St. Peter at the pearly gates. Have you ever done anything of particular merit, St. Peter asked. Well, the man said, once I came upon a gang of bikers who were threatening a young woman. I approached the largest and most heavily tattooed biker and smacked him on the head, kicked over his bike, ripped out his nose ring, and threw it on the ground. Now leave her alone, I yelled. St. Peter was very impressed. He goes, when did this happen? He said, just a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is pretty funny, isn't it? That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Back to the trivia question just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, in which gospel does Jesus meet the Samaritan woman who has had many husbands? Uh, that's amazing. So I will tell you that Al was the first to strike in. Susie was second. She struck in next. Very good job there. Uh, and we're going to go back to our text. But again, if you think you know that answer, which gospel does Jesus meet the Samaritan woman who had many husbands? Call us, 972-445-0770. Text 214-210-8483. Or send an email, david at org. All right, let me go into this next section, which is a huge, huge probably the whole thing I wanted to do last week, but apparently the Lord had a reason to set it back to this week. So we just talked about uh, those guys, and they were accusing Stephen in Acts chapter 7, verse 1. So we're entering into the persecution of Stephen. They charged him falsely, and now he's responding to the situation. And so we're only picking out the finer points. I'm not going through each uh, word because we're doing a narrative teach, not an expository teach, okay? In uh, his response, what he does, he goes to Israel's history. He, he uses Abraham, starts with Abraham, but he also uses Joseph. He also uses Moses and he also uses David. So his whole premise about sharing the gospel, because he's talking to a group of Jewish people, is taking it back to, to the core people. You know, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David are like these, the big ones, right? So he's trying to lead them to understand. Now look what it said, what the Lord says in, in verse 2. I'll just read the whole thing. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and honorable fathers, Listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he moved to Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to this place where you, are, where you now live. Let me show you something that's really people do. This is like, ooh, really hard. I think it's hard. It happened to me. It happens to a lot of people, and I don't think we recognize it. In the King James, it says, get thee out. Okay, which is like, that's like, <laughs> like hit the road, Jack. out you go, see you later, right? Sayonara, and everything else you want to come up with there, it's right there. And sometimes in order for God to purify our commitment to him, he separates those who are close to us. 
I just like, wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to say that sometimes when the Lord calls us, there becomes a point within the walk where the Lord goes, I need more separated time with you. You need less connected time with everybody else. I'm separating you. Not only is that accurate, that's what happened to me. Just so you can know, that's what happened to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And one of the biggest things in that process is God moves people out of their comfort zone, friend, family, and otherwise, in order to say, look, I'm the person I want you to be following. I want your undivided attention. You need to listen to me. And as, as, as brutal as that sounds, it's exceedingly important to understand that that's God's mercy that you get saved and that at some point in the beginning or whatever the case may be, God says, now I want you over here by me, away from everything and everybody, because that's his way of saying, I want you to get closer to me. And instead of us looking at this as though this is some kind of punishment, I've got a message for you. It's a privilege. You are honored by God that he calls you apart and says, I want to hang out now. We're not just going to wait till eternity. I want some special stuff between us. And you think, but that sounds like it can be uncomfortable. You bet. It is uncomfortable. But you certainly get your priorities aligned. And when the Lord tells you to go somewhere, here's another thing you should know. He doesn't always tell you where you're going or you have not always been there before. Sometimes he tells you, go, I'm, going to go, I'm going to send you to a land that you've uh, never seen. We're going to go see something you haven't seen yet. How would you like to be Abraham going, no, wait, 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 hold on. I'm, I'm leaving my family and I'm going to a place I've never seen before because you say so. Yes. Because that's what the Lord does. He moves people in those kind of ways. Does he do it the same way to everybody? Of course not. But has he probably done something along those lines in your life? Most likely, yeah. I would say probably if you sat down with me, I bet you I can pick it out, the spot where God said, here, we're going here, and that that was that manifestation. In order for God to purify our commitment to him, he can separate and will separate us from those close to him. When I first became a Christian, you know, at the very, very beginning, not much. I mean, not much happening. Fire insurance for sure in the beginning. <laughs> so I'm just saying that's what it was. But as each day went by and my mind engaged with the Lord— there was a pulling me away portion going on. See, I was already pulled away from, from my parents in a sense, but then I was pulling away from society and everything else, and I was like, you know, just like undo my – and the Lord was like, you're coming over here. You're coming over. And in a matter of months, I went from, sure, yeah, that sounds great, to the Lord speaking to me. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that changed everything. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But he moved me out of my comfort zone. He moves you out of your comfort zone. And he'll send you to a place you don't even know what it is. He's just promising one thing. That's the only thing he's promising. It's, it's kind of like the same. It just dawned on me. But it's kind of like the same thing that Jesus promised uh, in the Great Commission. It's like, look, you're going to go do what I want you to do. Here's my promise. I'll be with you. Jesus didn't go, I'll be with you, and then I'll get you a jet. <laughs> and then hang on, because dirt bikes are coming. You don't know what those are yet, but when they get here, you can have one. It's like, nope. 
The promise from God in doing the things God sets before us is outlined right here in this proclamation of the gospel, connecting it back to Abraham, and it's the same proclamation that Jesus gave at the Great Commission. You go do what I want you to do. I'll be with you. That's my promise. Okay. Because there is nothing greater than having God make the commitment that he'll be with us. And even if things don't go the way (laughs) that we think they're going to go, the value of his commitment to us is greater. So I remember, just like for me, when when I made this decision to go a little deeper and to dig a little deeper, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had none, no clue. If you would have sat down with me and said, well, Dave, you're going to become a Christian, and then after about a year you're going to get involved with a Christian cult, then you're going to come out of that for about three years, you're going to learn a few things there, and then you're going to come out and you're going to do this, you're going to do this, I would have said, I'm out. (laughs) You wouldn't have had to drop the mic. I'd have been gone out of the audio. I didn't see you. But the Lord brings you in piece by piece, and then once you know he's with you, you realize, hey, you know what? The rest of the stuff not quite as important. doesn't matter the same way. It doesn't matter the same way. The Lord is with you. And that's why the scripture says in Hebrews 13, 5 and Deuteronomy 31, 6, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of anything or what man can do to you or anything because God is with you. So, okay, I'll take that all day long. Remember the gospel, Matthew 1, God is with us. Matthew 28, Jesus said, I'm with you. All right, let's answer the trivia question. Yeah, you have to love stuff like that. If you love the Lord, you love stuff like that. Uh, in which gospel does Jesus meet the Samaritan woman who had many husbands? And that's going to be John's gospel. So if you said Matthew, Mark, or Luke, you were close. But you'd have been wrong. It's John's gospel. Now stay on that story because the next trivia question is going to be connected to that. So you have been warned. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. Running and running and running. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. 
To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Okay, let's do a little bit of history, and then we've got our last teaching. Let's uh, set up history. Let's go. All right, unlike most of the times, I'm going to do an honorable mention because there are a couple of days that are worthy of honorable mention. First and foremost, it is Trivia Day. I mean, come on, Trivia Day. That's what we do. It is also National Spaghetti Day. So I don't know how I feel about it. You like it big time? Huge? Were you about to say you don't know how you feel about spaghetti? Well, I don't know if it it, it has its own day, but let me ask you. Do you like spaghetti like with stuff in it or just spaghetti by itself? Anything. Like you can have stuff in it, stuff out. Wow. I I will eat spaghetti with the sauce as long as there's sauce and no just So you're a big spaghetti fan like I'm a pizza fan. Yes. Love carbs. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to go out one day and just do pizza and spaghetti. We got to go to an all-you-can-eat pizza and spaghetti thing. Can it be a national carbs day? Yes. Yes. We have to find one of those. A woman. All right. Here is a woman. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, getting ready to do our next trivia question, which I told you, right? I did say, I did warn them. I said this was kind of on the heels of the other one. So we were just talking about the Samaritan woman in the Gospel of John. Hint, 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 hint. In the account of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, how many husbands had she been married to? Oh, if you think you know the answer, pretty straightforward. You can reach out to us at 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. It is here that we often send you to the website. I'm pretty sure we, we do that. You know, I don't think we've prayed for Ukraine yet, do we? So we'll make sure we do that after. We did? We did? Okay. Oh, yeah, we did. I'm so glad I'm coming to the end of this doctorate. I'm getting concerned. I told Noel, part of my brain is still somewhere else in some other class. Is that bad? Nah, it's fine. Okay. Just making sure. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so we're going to send you to the website. At the website, it's a great place to give. Why? Because giving is important. Why? Because without giving, there's none of this ridiculous back and forth that we're doing. So uh, please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. That is so short. That is just so... Shoop! Shoop! <laughs> I wonder if there's a song that says that. Shoop! 
Shoop. That was pretty short. Okay. Uh, all right. So our trivia question, uh, I think somebody's going to answer. I'm going to say it again, but then we'll go to them. Here we go. In the account of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, how many husbands had she been married to? And somebody's on the line to answer that. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is your friend, Samson. Hi, Samson. How are you? Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Are you having a good day? Ah, uh, yes, it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the question. We know it's in the Gospel of John. Here's the question. When the account of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, how many husbands had she been married to? I believe it's what Cinco. That is correct. What do we say that in Ingo? What uh, is in English is uh, five. It is five. You are correct. Well, what's amazing about that is everybody complaining about, you know, the marriages and so on and so forth. Here's one who's been married five times, and the Lord used her to bring the gospel to an entire village. So everybody that thought she was low, low line before was probably just thinking afterwards, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> because it probably changed the whole perspective right there. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Hey, I have a question. Sure. Uh, could you also explain who the Samaritans were? Now, I know you know that answer. <laughs> I know, but uh, there but are I like some it. Audience. I like it when you share. I like it when you share. You just give a concise answer as to what. So you got you got the the Jewish people and the Samaritans. What was the difference between the Samaritans and the people from Jerusalem per se? I think the uh, the Jews who married to the Gentile, uh, but they were more practicing the what the Jacobs well. I I don't remember fully, but I know that they they were practicing some some of the Jewish practice, but the others were like a more pagan or the other religions practice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, that's that is part of it. Part of it is their the 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 heritage they went after was not the same heritage. They did not follow. Uh, carefully, then there's the intermixed blood part, and the intermixed blood yes. part's the biggest part. So for the Samaritans, they did there was not a purification of their bloodline, and because of that, they were considered dogs. They were considered less than. So the people that are, yes. get all uppity about um, what's the word I'm looking for about uh, uh, purity of race, it was two thousand years ago. The Lord was going, that's stupid. Okay, so, so in other words, it's been stupid yeah. for 2,000 years and longer since Moses married a Cushite woman. So I'm not sure where any of it comes from. But yeah, they were they were not the they were not the full breed. Because of that, they they also gave way to multiple uh, nation. Uh, what's the word? Deity uh, worship. So they would they would give over to worship to other things as well because they were not that full blooded direction and they were thought of as less than by the purebreds. That's the nicest way to say it. I mean, is yeah. that, that's a, kind of a nice. Does that help? Yes, that's helpful. And I, if you could say a quick prayer for me, that I'm just feeling like a lack of energy. So just feeling a little yeah. achy and... Let me pray for it, you. I feel that too, so yeah. let me pray for you because I'm, I'm with you in that one. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, and some of us are feeling just a little drained, 
just a little like tired and uh, we understand that some of it can be dietary and some of it can be this, that, or whatever, but it seems like from a spiritual point of view, uh, there's a lot of warfare centered around things. And in that warfare, we have this, this sense of being drained and not having the vitality that we've had. And so because you are a God that breathes life into us and gives us energy, we ask you that you would pour your energy into us and give us strength and vitality for every person who hears my voice and needs that surge from the Spirit. Pour that into us and lift us up and put our feet upon a rock and a new song in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to share a quick uh, testimony regarding the prayer that we've been praying. Okay, uh, far away. Ukrainian. Yep. I just talked with the, uh, the, my friend who is heavily involved in Ukraine. Uh, so he mentioned the village there where they are protecting people, the refugees. So far, none of the bomb or any explosion ever took place because of the power of the prayer. They believe that God is covering that area, wow. and it's become a very safe haven for all the refugees. So we're going to keep praying, God, to protect those people. Wow, that's amazing. Don't stop praying. Whatever you do, don't stop praying, right? That's the answer to Amen that. Amen and hallelujah. Amen, brother. Keep me posted right. on how you're doing, okay? Yes. Okay. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. So we've only got—we'll uh, do our history in the next one, if that's all right. Uh, and uh, the answer was five, so we gave the answer. Here we go. I just want to do this little portion. I didn't get to do this, and I, I love this kind of thing. This is kind of my favorite thing in Scripture, which is kind of weird uh, to say, I think, a little bit, is this This is the thing that kind of draws me in, the, the little hidden verse like this. Ready? All right, so I'm going to pick it up from where God says, Leave your native land and relatives and come to the land I will show you. Verse, this is Acts chapter 7, verse 4. So Abraham left in the land of the Chaldeans, left the land of the Chaldeans, lived in, lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him to, to this place where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even a square foot of land. God did promise, as the rest of the verse, uh, however, that eventually the whole country would belong to Abraham and his descendants. But where God initially brought him, he didn't have any inheritance in it. Not even. I love how the, 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 the breakdown of it, and I guess in the Greek it's probably worth a study, but not even a square foot, which I think is trying to say, Nada. <laughs> when you get into the place where you're making a phrase like, not even a square foot. I mean, not even a 12 by 12, really? This is nothing. And so where Abraham went, that doesn't mean that because he went there, his, his going there meant that he would own it all in that sense. His descendants were going to own it, but he wasn't going to own it. But it's ironic because the promise was made to him and his descendants, though to the seed promise was made to an individual seed. But the idea behind that is that God became Abraham's inheritance. Now, did you just let me, all right, I'll just, right here, this is the time. So in my life, my dad, and, and some of you know this by my testimony, so on and so forth, but when I was first became a Christian, he offered me, when I was 18, 
$6 million in a cash bank account. And said, if you come work for me, you'll have that money, plus you'll get the condo, plus you'll be in control of the business, and I'll train you in everything you need to do. And it's like, that does it sounds like, like you can't, what a great offer. Now, it's true that I've changed what that number is. The original amount was $6 million. The value of $6 million now compared to back then, 41 years ago, is substantial, right? I mean, as some people say, it's $30 million. Another thing I read said it was $70 million. I don't think that matters. There was an opportunity, and I'm not, I'm not, I want to say it in a way that, that's right. If I had been married and had kids and I was older, that probably would have been a tough trial. I'm just saying, I'm just being honest. I actually had a very powerful uh, minister say to me, it's a good thing God gives us those trials at the right times. I was like, no kidding, right? It's so true, right? It is true. Because if I had been like, you know, post that age and way further, but I was young and just like beaming and so on and so over. But it was at that time I decided, no, God is going to be the inheritance, and the kingdom of God is going to be the inheritance. And my dad, his jaw hit the table at Hobo Joe's at 18th Street and Camelback in Phoenix, Arizona. I can tell you everything that happened. I can tell you what I had. Because God's value for all of us, it's eternal. It's real. And the truth of the matter is I'd probably be broke by now. <laughs> Just saying. But now I'm richer than ever. Like, How is that a bad choice? No way. And I haven't got to eternity yet. Oh, boy. All right. We'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible, it's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, David, this is Al. Hi, you brother. Doing I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. I just wanted to call, so I wanted to try to get this answer in. All right, that and that's a that's a good. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that with Matt or not, but boy, I like that guy. He's got a you know he's committed to the doctrine. I love people that are committed. Uh, 
I don't know. Will, will you put his website on Facebook or? On uh, I can put something? it. I'll put it on our website. Give them a link, and okay. uh, I'll make sure I got to get permission because I don't want to do anything where they're not. You know, I, I'm real. I try to be really careful, but but I don't think they'll have any sure. problem with that. So we, we won't take anything. It's just it's good for apologetics, and we're going to use some of it. All right, here you go. Here okay. you go. Here's your first one. Who had a late night visit from an angel who assured him that he would be safe aboard a storm tossed ship i'm i don't think this is right but i'm gonna go with peter so close what's the other name that's really close to that <laughs> paul yes that's it that's it there he is. <laughs> all right that's in acts chapter 27 verse 23 and 24 before they had the shipwreck at the end there at 28 he said to relax, everybody's gonna be fine. Nobody's gonna die on the ship. You're all gonna end up at this island, you know. And so he was telling everybody to calm down. That's the person who had the late night uh, visit. Now Peter did have a visit from an angel in prison in Acts 12, so you could make an argument that that was part of the answer too. But that's why we went to the safe aboard a storm-tossed ship. That's mm-hmm. that's where we get yeah. the definition. So. Good shot, though. Very good. Very good, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. Good job. Yeah, and I'll never forget that answer. Always, <laughs> never, you will Paul never now. forget that. Paul. Here's Paul. Here's Paul. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go. This is a trivia question that everybody had better get right. (laughs) Is that a nice way to say this? All right. From which part of Adam's body was Eve made? From which part? Of Adam's body was Eve made. Now, people are like, well, that's so simple. You'd be amazed how many people know it and then put the wrong thing. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must org. I did not think that would take long, and nor did it take very long. Somebody ready to answer the question? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, hello, David Spoon. This is Paul Bowles. How are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic, Paul. How are you doing? I am blessed beyond blessed, beyond measure. I just don't, I think I'm getting a lot more than I deserve. Amen, brother. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful about grace? The grace is just like you yeah. can't you can't earn it, but man, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, grace, grace is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. All right, my brother. I don't think this will be very very difficult for you, so I'm gonna go with that. We had some person, Susie. Susie gave kind of a funny answer. I'll share that in a minute. But here we go. Which part of Adam's body was Eve made from? Are you there, brother? Yeah, can you hear me? Which part of the yeah. Adam's body was Eve made? From which part? Uh, it was the bone structure on the side and the rib. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. It's the rib. <laughs> I got it. All right. 
on. Now that's the that's a classic old joke where Adam and Adam and God are talking, and so God tells him, "This is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this, give you this." And Adam goes, "What's it going to cost you?" He said, "An arm and a leg." And he goes, "What can I get for a rib?" <laughs> that's, kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's that an good. old classic one. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Excellent well, I'm job. I'm glad I got it right, brother. You got it. I appreciate it. you, man. You're my favorite radio host. I appreciate that, brother. It's very nice of you to say. All right, you have a good day, brother. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. All right, Susie wrote toe. <laughs> you know, our people are just, just toe. All right, let's do history real quickly or we're going to lose it all together. Let's go. All right, one of these is absolutely outstanding, fantastic. Uh, first of all, this is not it. International Day of Archivers. Okay, that sounds great. National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. That's good. I like that. I'm, 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 I'm on board of that, right? I mean, that's... I like know. a raisinette. I like raisinettes, right. Yeah, I mean, it's good at a theater. Every once in a while, you did that. Or the Jordan Almond, like the chocolate Jordan Almond. Those are good. Okay. It's National Cheesesteak Day. Yes. <laughs> now, you might be listening and saying, why do you guys always like food? Because we are wise. That is why. <laughs> and I've had somebody say to me, and I've had this conversation for real. You know that you're going to live like three weeks shorter. I said, I know, but I'm not miserable, and you are. It's like, come on, you're killing me, right? All right, uh, let's see. Uh, 1880 on this day, Salvation Army, First U.S. Post, General Scott Rail, uh, I'm sorry, Railton, and seven women volunteer established a branch of the Salvation Army in New York. It was originally started in New England by William Booth in 1865. Uh, 1968, the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company is formed. I'm not sure why that's important, but I guess that is. In 2005, the PlayStation Portable is released. So that's getting a little more important. And then uh, I thought this was fantastic. In 1940, the first religious TV broadcast. This is like, really? W2XBS of New York City airs an Easter service by Monsignor Fulton Sheen. She was the host of an NBC radio program called The Catholic Hour. And on the radio, he did it for 20 years. And later would host the popular show, Life is Worth Living. He did the actual first TV religious broadcast in 1940. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That is just like, wow, really? Okay. All right. Hold on. That's me crumpling it up. All right? Okay. All right. Let me finish with this axe portion, and then we'll, I'll share a couple things, because tomorrow's show is going to be, I don't know how to do it. I'm sharing my testimony for you. You have no idea. If you've not heard it, you, if you've heard it, I have no idea what's coming. All I know is I have an outline, and then I just go with that and see what happens. That's kind of how it goes. All right, so let me let me go through this once again. I'm taking it from Acts 71275. The high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and honorable fathers, listen to me. Uh, our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Macedonia before he moved to Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to this to this place where you now to this land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, 
this is in the text, that eventually the whole country would belong to Abraham and his descendants, although he had no children yet. So there are two huge components in this that are worthy of understanding. Obviously, there's a lot more, but two that I'm going to pull out right now. God promised Abraham, and and when Stephen was giving his response, he said, eventually— So let me explain something to you about the process of the promises of God that we should all be at least honest about. God makes promises to us, and they all come to pass. Not one of God's promises have ever failed, ever. But for most of us, we're like, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. We're like kids in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And God's like, no, not yet. No, not yet. No, not yet. And then sometimes we're like, are we there yet? We just keep asking it. The answer is that the promises of God come to us in his perfect timing. But from the human perspective, it's like eventually. It's like you have this idea that it's supposed to happen instantaneously. And uh, in spite of that, in spite of having microwaves and thinking it's fantastic that you make popcorn in a minute and 20 seconds, God does not do everything on our timetable. Thank you. Okay, that's number one. And number two, he says this, God did promise, however, that eventually the whole country would belong to Abraham and his descendants, though he had no children yet. So you have to recognize that Abraham hears this promise from God, but has no offspring. So God is promising something to him that he has no ability to have. And it's just, you have to process that. So Abraham's 75 when God makes this promise. The deliverance for this promise, so the answer doesn't come until 25 years later. But in the meantime, when the promise is made, Abraham's like, I ain't got no kids. How am I going to have descendants that take over the country? See, the things that God set up are so far past our sight. Because even if we're good, we see a little bit. But God sees it all the way and sees everything. He knows the beginning from the end, the Bible says. And so he sees the whole process. When I used to pray in, in, in my devotions early on, I would you know, I'd say, I wonder what the next six months are going to bring. Of late, I go, I wonder what the next 60 seconds are going to bring. But my point is, we think we know it. We have these installments. And God has this plan, this this. Well, we can call it the, you know, they call the big plan for a city. It's called the master plan, right? The master has a plan, and you're in his plan, and there's a plan for your life. And it's like people are like, well, free will and, you know, predestination. It's like, listen, from the human point of view, it's free will. From the divine point of view, it's predestination. Get over it. It's like that's, that's, that's the response. The bottom line is God has a plan, and God's plans never fail even if he makes you a promise and you look at it and you go, no way. There's no way. There's not, there's not any possible way this could happen. Those are the best promises because <laughs> it's like, yeah, because then it proves that it had to be a miracle. How many miracles has God done in your life? I want you just to think about this. How many miracles has he, has he done that, that you and I at this point don't recognize God can do it? If anybody's going to be able to do it, The only one that can do it, it's God. And he's going to do it not to show how smart he is, though he does show that he's wise. Not to show how strong he is, though he does show he's powerful. But to show how much he loves us. 
Remember, he owes you nothing. Uh, nothing. Not, he doesn't owe you anything. I, I understand, and it 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 irritates me a little when people say, "Well, God must do this, or He must do this, or He's or He's broken His word." There's a passage in Job where it says, where it literally says, "If God decided to, everything would be wiped." <laughs> it just says it in a little different way. God does what He does because He loves us. And you and I and any other human entity will never hold God accountable. Don't you ever think that. No no flesh will glory in his presence. You and I do best when we say, yes, please, and thank you. (laughs) That's the best that we can do. And we are grateful for the grace and the mercy and the love of God. Because it fills our life full of joy and hope and peace. Okay? All right. All right, folks. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spinanity. Talk to you then. and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.